ice water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, guys stepping up. That's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it. What they say now? Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Connor Stallions is out at Michigan, and he's accepted a role in corporate relations at FTX. The NCAA's punishment for Jim Harbaugh in the wake of Michigan's sign-stealing scandal is a two-year contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. Jimbo Fisher's annual buyout check is college football's 12th highest-paid coach. Clemson is 6-4, and four, and life is good. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, joined tonight by Jarrett. We're here to recap Clemson's 42-21 victory over Georgia Tech on Saturday and to look ahead to UNC and the last home game of the season. Jarrett, man, you are in South Carolina. You were at that game Saturday. Uh, looked, looked pretty cold out there, but uh, really good to get this win. How's your experience? Well, yes, I am back here in the South, in South Carolina, and it's a lot colder than San Francisco, believe it or not on some of these nights and when we went out there on Saturday um yeah it was definitely cold and raining and drizzly but it cleared up once we got into the upper deck and um you know view was fine could see the whole game and uh man it felt good to watch this team feel like it started to click on all cylinders I agree um you know from my vantage point at home on my warm couch uh, Clemson looked like the best it had all season. I don't. I know Cody and I have talked about we wanted to see Clemson put together a four-quarter dominant performance in all three phases. Um, I don't know if we got four, but there was a lot of garbage time in this one. And maybe let's call it kind of two and a half elite quarters from Clemson. But um, yeah, overall, you know, resounding victory. Georgia Tech, I think, has been an up-and-down team all season. But Haynes King, you know, there, there's a lot of hype around that guy. He looks like one of the most capable exciting young quarterbacks in the ACC. Good to see Clemson make him look like a complete scrub out there. Yes, and I'm pretty sure that Jimbo recruited him to uh, A&M before he transferred to Georgia Tech. Bullet so, dodged. Yeah, bullet dodged, well, for some of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, I, I think maybe on the macro level for this game, uh, coming off the Notre Dame game, I don't think anyone was really worried about Clemson having like a hangover game from that, uh, but just good to see them really put it together. Not necessarily on the first drives, first two drives, but um, from then on, I think Clemson really like took over the game. Um, also, this is interesting, Jarrett, the last couple of weeks, Clemson's D has looked incredibly good despite missing some key starters in the secondary. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we can, as we get into kind of the recap here, we can talk about who we're most excited about, but, uh, yeah, good good thing to see. You know, you could you could definitely see a world where high powered offense under a capable quarterback, some green you know talent in the secondary. Those could be a recipe for disaster sometimes, and that was not the case this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. the The thing that kind of stood out to me the most is 
you know, we kind of went back and forth the first couple drives and we were kind of wondering, you know, is this going to be kind of a, a defensive struggle? Is this going to be just, are we going to, are we going to start to fall apart with some key fumbles? I would say it's kind of hard to watch this team with anything other than just like suspicion at times this year. Like, okay. Like if we get a great play, okay, cool. If we have a bad play, okay, cool. Just, just not being like, certain one way of or the other but i would say yeah after we got did the uh fake uh punt um and then they got a score off of it we really just kind of cranked down and continued to go for it on fourth down i think we were four of six on fourth down and uh yeah just kind of slowly started to be methodical about how we're running um how we're passing um and then just kind of took the game in control away from georgia tech I agree with that. I mean, I think out of the gates, the defense was dominant. That didn't stop, you know, at that point. But it really took three series for the offense to figure things out. Jarrett, you mentioned after the um, ill-fated fake punt, Clemson went on something like a – it was like a – was it 18-play drive, something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, it was 18 plays, 75 yards, burned almost 10 minutes off the clock on that one. So it was just a, a – a very efficient series, I guess, like not on a per play, you know, per play basis. They were able to sustain that drive, obviously, all the way down the field. And Mm -hmm. from then on, it was just game on, you know, Clemson scored on three, uh, three consecutive series and then had the missed field goal before halftime. But um, really things did click to your point. And Mm -hmm. I think the time of possession was insane in this game, uh, Mm -hmm. at least through the first half. And I think overall it was as well. Um, looking like 36, 52, almost 37 minutes for Clemson in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think whatever, for whatever reason, why did, why did it take a couple, two, three series to get going on offense? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was trying to work Will Shipley back in and trying to figure out like the sequence of when you called his number compared to the down and distance when it was run. Uh, maybe that in the first couple series didn't quite work well, but overall, I mean, they figured it out got the offense moving and it was really game over by half, uh, 21, seven. And, um, you know, Georgia tech obviously put up 21 by the end of the game, but there was no, I don't think I had any, any fear of a halftime adjustment by Georgia tech where Clemson would cough it up. And that was probably one of the only times this season where I felt that. So, uh, Mm -hmm. definitely not even against Charleston Southern. Do we feel that comfortable? Right. Right. Yeah. Really just kind of took the game into, uh, into our hands. Once you said like we went on that long drive, I mean, taking 10 minutes on an 18 play drive. I mean, that's something Paul Johnson would do to us consistently, like multiple <laughs> times in a right. game. So yeah, just, um, you know, stick that, uh, stick that tongue out again one more time for us, PJ. Um, I was cold or, uh, as we got to the half, but you know, once, once we came back and you kind of just saw that we had some, we just kind of kept that momentum, you know, third quarter, like midway through, we get another score, I think from Brenning stool or to Brenning stool. Um, and then it's 28, seven. It's like, you kind of get this feeling like, oh man, this is like, you know, there's, there's the no, there's no chance for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, that's before really. Uh, Haynes King decided to just start throwing picks. He, he wanted to throw touchdown passes. He figured it didn't matter if they had an orange jersey on or not. 
It's true. It's true. Maybe he just, um, you know, at like a bee, he saw something orange and thought it was a flower and he was trying to pollinate it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic yellow jacket reference. Nice. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, uh, let's do, let's like quickly go through this, Jared. I mean, from an offensive perspective in this game, good to get Will Shipley back. Uh, Phil Moffat was still the leading carrier with 17 mm -hmm. versus 11 for Shipley. Um, Phil was just shy of 100 yards on the day with 96. Uh, but mm -hmm. Shipley, I thought, played a good game. And um, it's kind of a tough moment. I don't know if you saw it from your vantage point in the stands, but um, there's one kind of scramble play where he broke a couple tackles and mm -hmm. needed a couple guys to take him down. And a third defender kind of lowered his head and hit Shipley mm -hmm. right in the back of the helmet uh, with his helmet. Mm -hmm. First of all, refs didn't do anything about it. Didn't stop the play. Didn't go back and look, look for targeting. Surprised mm -hmm. Dabo wasn't catatonic on the sideline or, you know, more than catatonic, like livid and making a big mm -hmm. scene about it. Um, mm -hmm. You could tell Shipley was emotional. You know, he looked at the replay. Yeah. He saw the hit, you know, on the sideline, he was definitely bent. And he had every right to mm -hmm. be and kind of a bullshit hit. Um, but glad to see him bounce back. Uh, who I think he passed whatever sideline protocols they have for concussion um, mm -hmm. in the moment but you know tough to see and really good to see him kind of bounce back and continue to have a good game in his first yeah. game back and I think there were just glimpses in this one Jared of really seeing the offense play out to its full potential um, mm -hmm. you, you had both the running backs kind of play to their strengths Shipley in the passing game a bit um, also stretching him out wide a little just in the running running plays I think also worked pretty well in the day. Yeah, Shipley definitely. It's like once he kind of shook off a little bit of the cobwebs of the rust. It, it's like you really. We were all a little worried. Like, is he going to come out and just be like poo pooey because he, you know, because everybody was Lost talking about Mafa, yeah. yeah, and all those kinds of stuff. And uh, he really was just out there running with the purpose. You know, he had, um, you know, averaging seven yards a carry, seventy-seven total yards. Um, he had 11 carries and it's funny, Hayes King, his QBR was lower than the number of carries that Will Shipley had. He had like a QBR of 10. Um, that's just how bad we kind of tortured him. I just had to, I had to make that comparison. So Shipley mm -hmm. definitely looked good. And, um, it's good to see like people like Josh Sapp, uh, get in the mix and, um, you know, Randall had a catch. I'm still, I'm borderline disappointed in Randall, although I did. I did think I read that he has a broken hand. So yeah, that he, he not, broke one hand last year and the other hand this year. So not um, ideal for a receiver to have a broken hand for two, two years in a row. No more flight club. Yeah. We could give him one of those like little grippy things that like short people or old people have where they reach stuff off the top shelf. Mm. Let's see if there's anything in the NCAA rule book against that. Maybe <laughs> they'll make an exception. Yeah. We'll call it an on. NIL payment. Yeah. <laughs> Part of his NIL deal. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Like, cool to see Josh Sapp. He had a couple of catches. One was nearly a touchdown. The other was a touchdown. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, I think the reason you saw him is because Sage Ennis, uh, unfortunately, is out for the year with a, an ACL injury. And mm -hmm. I think that might might be it for his eligibility. So uh, thank you to Sage Ennis for um, a good career in that tight end room, kind of waiting his turn and 
uh, making the most of his opportunity. Uh, but good to see Josh Sapp. I mean, I think everyone, uh, when he was part of the recruiting class, was like, oh, this is just yet another kind of Dabo nepotism signing from Greenville. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, big bodied, you know, seems to have pretty good hands, tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he can pick it up in the blocking scheme. And he sure seems to, you know, be capable as a wide receiver. And, you know, he, Brittany Soul won't be here forever. He's going to be here at least next year. But um, <laughs> yeah. good to get good to get, you know, the future guys some playing time. No doubt. I mean, don't forget that Phil Moffa almost had a uh, completed pass to uh, to Kate, I believe. So, you know, Phil, 0 for 1, but uh, I want to believe he can, he can get that completion next week, this week. Right, this week. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Bo Collins, uh, Jarrett, had a really good game. I know he only went for mm-hmm. five catches or 65 yards. Doesn't jump off mm-hmm. the page, but uh, just the, the catches he was making in traffic – we're really mm-hmm. what what we we've needed on this team all season. So I think just a combination of like Tyler Brown being Tyler Brown with that crazy mm-hmm. touchdown catch and seven on the day, uh, Bo mm-hmm. Collins doing his thing, and then you really had the running backs, um, you know, playing to their strengths. This really did feel uh-huh. like uh, a pretty strong offensive showing for Clemson. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's like when you look at the talent that we have coming in next year at receiver with Wesco and some of those other guys. And then you have Tyler Brown, Bo Collins could come back in theory for uh, another year. And then you, you'd get Antonio Williams back. You get Cole Turner back, you lose, um, you know, Spectre and, and Stilato most likely. Um, so Stilato will still have eligibility if he wants to uh, stay at Clemson, but probably, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's going to be some, like, turnover at the wide receiver room, but it seems like, you know, if, if the other guys that are coming are anything close to what Tyler Brown and Antonio Williams have been, it, you know, you got to feel good about that, especially with Tyler Brown, Cole Turner, and, um, and Antonio Williams all having, like, an extra year. So all that to say is that, like, I feel more confident next year about the receiving game. And when you look at this year as a whole – it's like we we really got way ahead of ourselves with Cade. He really needed a season to season himself. And now that he is seasoned through the season, we can um, really just have a good idea of who he's going to be next year. And then that sets the bar for his growth into his junior year, which I think he's going to be better, more decisive, and um, or he's going to have more talent to, to throw to. Yeah, I agree. I still think on paper, there's really good talent on the 2023 receiving squad. It just hasn't been activated and realized. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm just going to be really interested to see. Let's see how they do against North Carolina. Let's see how they do against South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Dabo Dabo is evaluating everything right now, including Tyler Grisham, including the talent levels that Clemson has. Um, mm-hmm. from returning guys. I don't, Dabo's not going to like run Adam Randall off, you know, if he can't stay healthy or, you know, sure. doesn't have the attitude to play or whatever it is. It's like, that's just not part of the program repertoire. But um, mm-hmm. I just, I think I'll just come out and say it. Like the passing game this year has been a major disappointment relative to mm-hmm. the talent it has and a new scheme coming in and just expectations 
from the coaching mm -hmm. staff that they vocalized. So mm -hmm. uh, who's accountable to that happening? We will have to see like what degree of accountability Dabo holds for himself or places on Tyler Grisham. But um, mm -hmm. while I want to be optimistic for next year, I think I will be more optimistic if there's a coaching change in that position. True. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And when I look at moments that Cade has looked his best, whether that's in the ACC game or whether that's in different moments throughout this season, it makes me wonder if like, and I'm not a um, football coach. I like how we preface that. Like every time we're going to say something like that, as if people are finally, it's like the first time they're like, Oh, I thought the whole time these guys were, you know, D one football coaches. <laughs> um, yes. I definitely think that if Cade's ceiling is playing at the level of his like maybe not even his 100% best but like his you know top top 25% that we've seen this season is like his his base level he's going to be a great quarterback it's just a matter of like can he take that next step next year and i think that's when our expectations have a lot more reality to stand on versus this yeah. year like we saw one game that he started um, against Tennessee, and he threw a lot, couldn't make it happen. The game before that, he came in and saved the day, looked like a superstar. So, like, did that against Syracuse also last year. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, you're like, okay, there were flashes, but how much of that was like pure talent or simplifying the playbook? You can't mm -hmm. run a simplified playbook for a 12 game season. You can do it yeah. for a spot start in a bowl game or, mm -hmm. you know, in backup duties. Like, when the opposing defense was game planning for DJ, now you can throw a wrinkle at them with Cade, who is a much more capable passer in some aspects than DJ. Um, so anyway, yeah, like, I just don't know, and I, I wasn't planning to make, like, a <laughs> ton of comments about Cade and his season, mm -hmm. but, like, I, I just think you got to either look at, like, quarterback coaching development for him, wide receiver mm -hmm you know, connection or, I mean, do, do you get the sense that Clemson's had a lot of drops? Is it like not, not proper route running? Not like what, what really is the, the big deficiency in the passing game? Would you say? Mm. That like is a good, it's a good question. And I would say some things that stand out is similar to what we've seen in previous years where it's um, receivers not getting enough separation. Um, right. And then therefore, when they look downfield, there's nowhere to go. So he scrambles or, you know, does a quick screen check down, um, that kind of stuff. Um, I would say same thing with DJ and, and first year guys where it's like they're just kind of staring at one or two people and not truly going through one, two, three progressions, which just takes, you know, time um, to develop that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say playing hero ball, which is something that he has um, lost multiple games for us most likely if you're you know more cynical not to sh not to you know dunk on the kid or anything um so those are things that to me you can fix some of that with maturity and seasoning with Cade and I think you fix more of that with like um, a coaching change at wide receiver coach so one of those we're guaranteed to get because of just the way you know time moves forward, right? And he's got a year under his belt. He'll have off season and spring ball in the summer and all this stuff. So like yeah. I think about it like this. It's like 
if Trevor had receivers or Deshaun had receivers that couldn't really like get a lot of separation, they're going to find ways to like throw them open. Right. I'm not saying he's either one of those quarterbacks, but with a year of seasoning, you know, under his belt and coaching, I want to believe that he can take another leap and get to where he can find more of those windows that are open rather than um, only looking at one or two guys and then taking off. Is that yeah, a hot take? Is that am I am I being too? No, like you're three K'd. You're saying year three K, it's gonna be a lot better than year two K. Or yeah. better put, like starts this year is basically starts mm-hmm. three through you know fifteen for K. Mm-hmm. You're saying starts sixteen through thirty-one are gonna be a lot better. I don't think that's a hot take at all, right? You're like doubling mm-hmm. his experience. So um yeah. or more than that. So no, I think that's fair. I'm just saying like I just don't know if that organic improvement is going to be enough to see this offense all of a sudden be top 15 next year. I think you're going to have to pair that with probably just better coaching to be able to get separation and uh, mm-hmm. crisper route running and, you know, technique, all those things. Mm-hmm. And not to mention For blocking. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Where are you, Cornell Powell? That's right. Well, uh, look, 42 points. I think Clemson definitely took its foot off the gas down the stretch um, we had Hunter Helms uh, come in to back up Kate. I was glad to see them just really start to get Dominique Thomas, Keith Adams in there, Josh Sapp mm-hmm. um, really rotate a lot of the, a lot of the youth in on offense. We also saw that on defense, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. coming up, but you know, can't shake a stick at 42 points. I think it was, it was a solid effort. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Let's see it this weekend. That's right. We're going to need probably that many. Let's find out, though. Um, yeah. Well, Jared, why don't we move it over to the defense? I feel like, I mean, we know this to be true. Clemson has now flipped the turnover margin toward positive for the season, Jared. We're now plus mm-hmm. two on the year. Um, just a, a crazy day. Four interceptions for Haynes King. Um, just, I mean, that... That's probably the headline, I would say, from the defensive performance. I think for me, it was just the intensity. And so many guys contributing in this one. Big mm-hmm. youth movement. A lot of those interceptions came from true freshmen. And not guys that you that you and I talked about in our preseason show of guys that we were like expecting to make a leap and a big impact. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the TJ Parker and the P. Woos. It was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Shelton Lewis. Who, yeah, Rowe. Shelton Lewis. Um, that's right. Avian Terrell. Exactly. So, uh, great to see. I mean, I think in our podcast text chat, it was like, give, pay Mike Reed, whatever he wants. I agree with that. Um, you know, just continuing to get really good production year in, year out from recruits in the secondary is awesome. And, mm-hmm. uh, but more than anything, I, I feel like this is also a defensive line masterclass. Um, mm-hmm. even Justin Maskell is like getting in there and making like key sacks and stuff. So, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. like Georgia Tech did score 21, but we already talked about the fake punt, terrible decision. I mean, mm-hmm. a week removed from beating Notre Dame, largely by virtue of smart decision making and special mm-hmm. teams, we go on our second series and mm-hmm. fake punt and set Georgia Tech up with a crazy short field. They score. Um, for my money, Jarrett, this is either a shutout or like a seven point defensive performance for Clemson starters. Mm-hmm. Um, before Georgia Tech scored 
you know, in garbage time. Yeah. And at first when I saw that, I was like, why did we just do that? And then when I saw we kept going for it on fourth down and kept making it, we were four for six on fourth. Um, it, it went away from being like, what are we doing? This is dumb play calling to like, I think they've just scouted Georgia tech enough to like trust the defense and trust Goodwin and just be able to like get the other team off the field, um, you know, so that they can do that. You know what I mean? And then I would say too, like the interceptions, four interceptions were all freshmen, Shelton Lewis, Khalil Barnes, Kylan Griffin, and Avion Terrell. So like, you gotta feel great about having all these freshmen starting in the place of Coville and, and Jones and um, some of these other people and coming Bills. away with four picks. Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. man. And, and, you know, there's talk of getting uh, Tyler Venables back this weekend, Sheridan Jones back. Um, Jalen Phillips will be out. And then, um, you know, some other guys will be healthy and available coming up. But I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, it's mm -hmm. not like we're playing for a playoff berth or an ACC title. And look, I, we want to, you know, pay, pay homage, pay respect to the guys like Sheridan Jones who stuck mm -hmm. with the program, like, earned his role as a starter, all that. Like, you got to honor that to some extent. But mm -hmm. I would be heavy on the rotations. You know, we, we do want to develop these younger guys for the future, mm -hmm. get them those, you know, in-game reps. Uh, against Drake May, like, they're going to have all kinds of – like, we need to put the best players on the field for that. And if, yeah. if early on we're, we're seeing that that's not Sheridan Jones, like, let's, mm -hmm. let's have a short hook, you know. Seems like that's what we're doing now. It's like we're almost kind of coaching and playing more loosely because we've played so poorly to where like there's less tension in the machine and they're just like, all right, like we're, we got four losses. Like we've only got like one goal left for the season, one or two goals. And so like, let's just play, <laughs> play guys are injured or they're, they're, they could play, but we're not going to make them play. And we're just going to let the young guys get out there. So you know, I kind of wonder if that's kind of the new mindset. I hope so. And it's like either best man plays or, you know, we're, we're not only building for the rest of the season, it's for the future. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Hey, I mean, I do think it's important to get this win against North Carolina. Like very much. We've gone up against them in a lot of recruiting battles. Um, mm -hmm. a seventh win, seventh win would ensure a winning record for the season. Mm -hmm. You don't want to leave anything to chance against South Carolina, especially if we're, yeah. uh, you know, six and five. So mm -hmm. uh, I think very important. And I, I do think Dabo's focus on this win this weekend. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have every reason to believe we're going to see the best, the best guy for the moment play this coming Saturday. I, I definitely think so. Um, I, I believe so. And, you know, I was looking at some of the stats. We had six pass deflections uh, in the game and four of them came from Shelton Lewis and he had the pick six. So like yeah. props to this kid coming from, you know, basically his high school prom and, uh, <laughs> right. and playing like well, clearly they were, they were trying to target him, right. They're mm -hmm. going after it. They're like, Ooh, let's pick on this rook. And mm -hmm. that turned out to be a bad strategy. Yep. But they were desperate. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, again, awesome to see. I think Khalil, Khalil Barnes, that dude is a mm -hmm. stud. 
yep. in the making. Um, he, I mean, he, he he'll probably be your nickel linebacker next year, right? I mean, do mm-hmm. you think that's going to be, or is he going to be more like the, um, I guess the corner in that situation? I don't know, but um, that knowing that linebacker is going to be thin next year, it'd be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Does he sort of flex in and do they do something interesting there? I mean, is he like an Isaiah Simmons type is basically my question. Um, Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, Simmons took four years to kind of build into who he was his senior year. I think it was four years. And um, so, yeah, I think that that's what we're going to have to see next year. We have to take one to two linebackers from the transfer portal, in my opinion, to just – be a buffer to let Sammy Brown, you know, have a year to ripen up. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, he, he's, he's probably going to, he's going to play a lot. And he's probably going to be like TJ Parker. We're like, yeah, he's has flashes, looks really good, but also like overrun stuff, like make some mistakes, you know, like starting linebacker in D one is like extremely hard and easy to pick on you uh, as a offensive coordinator. So he's going to need time. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, this game was also, I mean, in addition to just the defense showing the excitement and talent of the youth movement, I think you also saw, you know, the upperclassmen continue to show out. Like Jeremiah Trotter mm-hmm. had another good game. He's True. in the backfield quite a bit. Um, Justin Maskell, as I mentioned, had a sack. And um, yeah, just across the board, like feel really good about this defense. Mm-hmm. Pretty much a shutout for the most part. I think Clemson could have had a shutout if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're interested in getting like Jaheim Lawson and these other guys in there, which is important. So mm-hmm. um, another empty of the bench game, which we have not seen in seems like three or four years, Jared. Seems like we played pretty well when we empty the bench. Yeah. I mean, we empty the bench when we play well. It's probably more real, but. Look, is correlation is not causation, but <laughs> sometimes it be like it do. So we'll, uh, we'll leave that to the experts. Yep. Uh, all right. Enough on the defense. You know, good game. Very exciting. We're happy with the effort. Uh, special teams was pretty much one to forget. Uh, Jonathan White's Oprah won in field goals. He mm-hmm. kicked all his PATs, so that, that's great. Uh, Aiden Swanson had the fake punt. That wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clemson didn't punt that much. Three punts on the game. So pretty much a nothing burger from special teams in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Ham Green only had two two returns for seven yards. Nothing nothing special. Yeah, but last game against Notre Dame, they went it all out and gave us everything they had. Oh yeah. And so like for for the they didn't need burger, to in this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a nothing burger. It didn't need to be anything, right? Yep. Yep. So so yeah, that that's totally fine. Uh, fine with me. I mean. I think that Swanson's a legitimate weapon at punter. Um, finally, it took him a couple of years, but um, yeah, so I love that, you know, and I would love to see somebody um, that's not Ben's height um, catching punts. But, you know, we're going to get what we get. We got who we got. We got who we got. got yeah. Play like a hampion. <laughs> mean and green. There we go. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, we got North Carolina. Uh, they were ranked for much of this season, but mm-hmm. actually, they're still ranked. They're number twenty overall. They're eight and two coming in. 
with some head scratching losses. They lost to UVA most recently. Um, mm-hmm. UVA is a crazy team, crazy story. Yeah. They've lost when they've lost, they've lost really close games. I don't really think they're that great, but Tony seems to have them pretty disciplined and well coached. You know, if yeah. losing close like that with a talent disadvantage. So mm-hmm. uh, that's UVA, but let's talk about UNC. Uh, Drake May is still their quarterback. Apparently, they have a better defense than most people would typically associate with North Carolina, which mm-hmm. I'm going to be really curious to see. I mean, the last time we saw these guys, Cade was throwing the ball all over them. Cole Turner mm-hmm. was making crazy catches, and Clemson mm-hmm. won the ACC last year. I think at the time, even we were like, look, let's temper our expectations a little bit. North Carolina had a lot of injuries on defense last year. I think this year mm-hmm. you're getting a more of a, a sense for what they look like as a more complete team. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't think they're mathematically eliminated from the ACC contention, Jarrett. So I do expect to get their best effort. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been a quiet year for Drake May, though, I will say. Like, no yeah. Heisman hype whatsoever. Um, even when they stomped on South Carolina earlier in the year, it, mm-hmm. it didn't seem as though Drake May was, like, the dominant passer or the dominant quarterback that made that happen. Mm-hmm. It was more like yeah. a complete team effort. So um, this is going to be something that will be interesting. I, he he may well be the best quarterback Clemson will face. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's either him or Florida State. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I – just what we've seen from the defense the last three, four weeks, I'm I'm really confident in Clemson being able to contain North Carolina and keep them in the, you know, 30-point max range, probably lower than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have an interesting um, – well, first of all, like the Duke game, I watched the end of it, and there was like at least two plays, I think one for a touchdown and one for a two-point conversion, where they had an illegal man downfield. Uh, basically RPO and then the um, offensive lineman like just ran into the end zone and like it didn't get called. Um, so it's like, you know, all this like hubbub and fuss, like them winning this game. It's like, you know, look, it happens to all teams where you get away with stuff, but they had a couple that they got away with uh, during that game. And I think you're right. Like we all expected a lot more hype uh, from North Carolina and Drake may. And like, he's, he's played well, he's thrown for 3000 yards this year, like almost a thousand more than Cade. Um, but it's like nothing about it really has like screamed, like, again, like Heisman, um, hopeful and all this type of stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. I, like he did have such a good freshman year and yeah, I also don't know how good his coaching staff is at the same time. Right. So yeah, but it's possible wonder- he played a soft schedule last year and this year has been a lot harder for them. I don't know. Yeah, I want to read off um, some QBRs real quick. And I'm going to, um, we're going to see if we can guess who is who. Okay. Um, we're going to do uh, Cade, Jordan Travis, Drake, and DJU. Okay. So um, you just tell me who you think. All right. So, so I'll just run through them real quick. So it's basically 60, uh, 80, 81, and 83. So who do you think has the highest out of those quarterbacks? DJU. Okay. And who do you think has the lowest 60? Uh, actually, 
DJ, you might be the 60. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your final answer? I mean, DJU. yeah. I'm trying. I'm doing test taking analysis here. Like, why would you bring this to me if it wasn't more interesting? So I'm gonna say 83 is Jordan Travis, Drake okay. May, Cater, Tide, and then DJ uh-huh. is the lower one. But okay. I don't know. I think DJ's had a good year. So anyway, tell me. I'm sticking with my All answers. Right. That that's totally fair. So the uh, 60 is Cade. All right. Um, 82 or 83, the highest is DJ. So you were right, right the first time. Initial, um, initial gut, yeah. Yep, yep. And Jordan Travis is like two points higher than Drake May, even though um, Drake May has like 500 more yards and like he's starting for one more touchdown, but he has six touch, six interceptions versus two. And then, of course, Cade's 18 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So um, what an interesting year. I feel like the ACC will – like between Drake, Cade, and Jordan – you kind of maybe thought there'd be one person stand out, even if it maybe wasn't going to be Cade, like stand out with, right. you know, a higher QBR. <laughs> but um, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, they're neck and neck. <clears throat> I mean, Jordan Travis has better receivers, point blank. And oh, yeah. Um, I'll include Jaheim Bell in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Des Walker is North Carolina's best receiver, and he, mm-hmm. he's played like half their games, basically. Yeah. So, or less. Um, I, I think like that's also a difference between last year and this year is the weapons that Drake May has had at his disposal. So um, anyway, I, yeah, good, good thought exercise. I mean, DJ is having quite a good year at Oregon state. Like we feel good for him. He's in a system that better fits his skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't hear that stat and I'm not sitting there like longing to have had DJ here this year. The only mm-hmm. world in which that makes sense is if, Clemson would have had an adjusted approach to recruiting at the position to where mm-hmm. they would have had like stick with DJ, let him run his course, maybe 2023 mm-hmm. is his last year. And then if we would have had like the next heir apparent guy coming in mm-hmm. this, this year's class or next year's class, um, then maybe that works out better for us overall. But I think yeah. it's like we got two more years of Cade, you know, that mm-hmm. better fits the style that, uh, Garrett Riley wants to run potentially mm-hmm. and see who we can recruit in the next couple of years. Like I'll roll the dice with that prospect. I like that. I like that. Two more, two more quick trivia points for you. Um, which one of those quarterbacks has the lowest completion percentage? K clubbing. <laughs> it's actually DJ at 58.6. And then guess the longest um, pass that Cade has thrown, like the number of yards for his longest pass. For a completion? Yeah. Um, I don't know, 30? It's 69. Nice. That's a nice number. Nice number. Nice. Uh, What was that reception? What was the 69-yarder? I don't the catch. know. <laughs> yeah, I do have been. It says that's there, okay. so we have to trust ESPN. Yeah. It's never live. He has been sacked 19 no. times, though. Right, right, right. Okay, fun with stats. That's a that's our end of our segment, our new uh, yeah. off-the-cuff segment. Well, Jared, we're both going to be at this game. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, looks to mm-hmm. be weather forecast looks to be incredible. A little bit warmer this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, look forward to tailgating with you. 
Uh, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to have a podcast tailgate, although that may come together last minute. So check out our social media to take a look for that. Um, but no, man, looking forward. This should be probably one of the best games of the year for Clemson. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, you know, another ranked matchup for us uh, back at Death Valley. We did, we did yeah. say in the early part of the season, we had all of our, you know, tough opponents at the Valley. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's your, what's your gut here? What's your expectation how this plays out? Um, I think because Georgia Tech came in slinging the ball and um, Sam Hartman came in slinging the ball and then the defense really just kind of like tightened them down. I wouldn't say completely shut them down, but um, yeah. So as far as like their offense, I feel like if we can kind of have that similar lockdown mindset, um, I think that the offense is starting to kind of shine a little bit the last two games, you know, with hiccups uh, notwithstanding. So I think that uh, we can come out of this with a, you know, a seven, 10 point win. Um, If we make the mistakes that we've made earlier in the season, like uh, at Duke and NC state and um, in Miami and such, it can easily get out of hand and it'd be a 10 point loss. So we'll see. I would, uh, I'd love to see us be able to just kind of put this one away early and not have to worry too much about it. And then, sharpen our fangs for going down into Columbia. And, um, but we'll see. I am excited to see you and uh, tailgate with you. And uh, we'll see if we put something together for anybody who wants to be meet, meet their fellow sickos. And, um, you know, should be fun. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. Um, Death Valley crowd will be bringing it. I think the, the noise level, the intensity has been good the last couple of weeks. So, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it should be, should be a lot of fun. I guess I'm, I think North Carolina does have a lot to play for still. They're not tech, technically eliminated. I don't know if they will be by game time. I don't know if, what the scenarios are because I stopped caring once Clemson was out, let's be honest. Uh, but mm-hmm. I still think, you know, Mac Brown's going to have them ready to play. I'm sure all they're doing all week is looking back at that ACC title game film from last year and they want to avenge mm-hmm. that loss. So I think we will get their best game, but I do think mm-hmm. if the defense plays up to its capability, <clears throat> they can clamp them down, keep them under 30. Then it's just a matter of, like, will the offense get enough shots? Can they score in the red zone? Can we score touchdowns, not mm-hmm. field goals? Are we putting ourselves yeah. in the position where we need Jonathan Whites to win the damn game? That just mm. sounds like a terrible proposition. So um, I think yeah. what, what also has happened, it, Clemson has gotten explosive plays on offense. That was mm-hmm. lacking in the first month or two. And yep. I think if we can continue to do that with via Cade or via the running backs, either way, doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. Then that's that's a big key to success. So I'm going to predict uh, probably a tighter Clemson win than you and I would hope. Probably mm-hmm. a game in the 30s, and I think Clemson by like three or four points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it. A win's a win. Just need one point over them, and yeah, uh, yeah. that's where we're at. Come my grandpa. <laughs> Because he went to UNC. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, cool, Jarrett. That's our show, I think. Um, thanks for coming on. I know it's late out there. Appreciate you doing that late. And uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to this game. We will be back with you all Thanksgiving week, I guess. We'll find some some way to record next week ahead of the mm-hmm. South Carolina game. Um, so, yeah, everyone enjoy the UNC game. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Tigers. Mm-hmm.